0: I got one question for you. I ask you every week, is there anybody excited for the Word of God? Oh, are all y'all really excited for what God has to say to us? Amen. Indeed, we are in a series called what? Anybody know it? That's it. Go ahead and shout it. It's called what? And so we are going through the book of... Mark, and we're looking at what it means to be a good student, being a good disciple, learning what does consistency in my walk with God, what it looks like. And so, from Bible study to worship service, we have been in Mark, and we've been deep. Somebody say deep. I mean, it, it got really deep this past Wednesday night. I said, we were stepping on some toes. I was like, Lord, this this, this, this some stuff. But today, we are going to actually conclude our series because next Sunday, we got a special treat for you guys. Amen. So, let's go into Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. Get your Bibles. Turn to Mark chapter 8. We're going to read those first nine verses. As you turn in there, if you're willing and you're able, lift up on your feet. Mark chapter 8, starting at verse 1 and we're going to go down to verse 9. If you're there, you'll find these words. In those days the multitude being very great and having nothing nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him and said unto him, and said unto them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me 3 days and I have and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they were faint by the way. For divers of them came from where? Far. Verse 4. And his disciples answered him, From whence can a man satisfy, satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? And he asked, asked them, this is Jesus, How many loaves have you? And they said, How many? Seven. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground, And he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and break and gave it to his disciples to set before them. And they did set them before the people. Verse 7. And they had, what, a few small fishes. And he blessed and commanded to set them also before them. And they so they did eat and were filled. And they took up the broken meat that was left seven baskets. And that, and they that had eaten were about how many? Four thousand. Somebody say four. four. Four thousand. And he sent them away. Let us pray. Most gracious God, I say, Father, thank you for this day. God, thank you for this opportunity to declare your word unto your people. God, I thank you now that you have purposed us to be in this place, to hear this word in this season. And, God, I pray that you will open our hearts, soften our hearts to receive what you have to say to us, that, God, we may become into alignment for what you want to do in this season. Lord God, I thank you now for what you're doing and what you're saying. And, Father, just have your way in this place. Don't let this word return unto you void, but get the most glory out of it. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. On your way down, I need you to prophesy to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, he's going to do it again. Amen. Amen. Look to your other neighbor. That was was your shout key right there. Look to your other neighbor and say, Neighbor, he's going to do it again. Amen. Amen. Give God the praise there. For those of us who are spiritually sensitive and you are observant, spiritually observant, you can notice that God is doing a new thing in this season. He's doing a new thing not only in this season, specifically in our church. God is doing something new in our church, in our community, in our nation, and truth be told, since we are connected to a church, right, since we are connected to this house, I've been telling you this all the time, since you're connected to the house, the same grace that rests on the house, rests rests on your life, amen? It's just like an umbrella, whenever you get up on an umbrella, whatever that umbrella, you are under the um, shadow of the umbrella, and so since you are connected to this house, since you are under this house, God is doing a new thing in your life. And truth be told, we are at the beginning of something new that we haven't ever seen before. Amen. I know that God is doing something in kingdom movement that we have never seen before. Truth be told, if you were to look at your life, you'd be like, God, look, you're doing something new in me. And I believe that many of us have come into these new beginnings. As we have come into these new beginnings, it's necessary That we gain a strategy to steward where God is trying to take us. Y'all following me? That when God gets you to a new season, you need a new strategy. Am I making sense? When God brings you to a new space, you need a new strategy because the Bible says, He says you can't pour new wine into old wineskins. Or what's gonna happen? It's gonna burst. You can't come into a new season with the same mindsets and the same habits that you had in this last season. But when God brings you to a new season, there got to be some type of change, some type of adjustment, some type of change in your perspective. Am I making sense to you guys? So when you come into a new season, you got to have a new strategy. You got to come into a new mindset. You got to come into a new spirit, a new approach to what God is doing in your life. Because if you're not strategic, If you're not sensitive to what God wants to do in your new season, in your new beginning, you can jeopardize the assignment that God has for you in this season. Am I making sense? Amen, amen, praise God. I'm moving on. So, our text this morning gives us a strategy for a new season. Our text is focused on this miracle where Jesus feeds, uh, where he multiplied a few fish and, and a few loaves of bread and fed 4,000. Somebody shout 4,000. Oh, that time y'all said it. Shout 4,000. 4, now oftentimes we hear about Jesus feeding the 5,000. Right? Y'all always, we always hear about the 5,000 but we don't always hear about him feeding the what? 4,000. Now if you study the book of Mark, if you've been studying, you would know that in chapter 6 Jesus fed the 5,000. Right? And now in chapter 8 Jesus and his disciples find themselves in the new setting, but the same situation. Yeah, right. They find themselves in the wilderness with the multitudes, and they come a long way, and now they, they're hungry. And so now they have to feed them again. Amen? So in chapter 8, they find themselves in, with the same crowd of people that came to hear Jesus preach and are in need of food for their journey back home, just as in chapter 6. They were in a new place, but the same predicament. And I believe that in this season, the body of Christ is occupying new spaces and new beginning, whether it's not, whether it's in your job, Whether it's new opportunities in your career, whether it's new seasons in your life, whether it's new partnerships with people, whether it's projects in your purpose, whether it's pursuit, somebody here, you may be in a new church membership, you may be in a new space, you may have just moved in a physical relocation, I don't know what it is, but you have entered into a new season. And I really believe that somebody here, you, have, you just got a new house, you're in a new season. Amen. We're coming back to square one and the drawing board of a new journey. Some of us here, we're students. And so guess what you're coming into? A new school year. Am I, am I making sense? That we are in the face of something new in this hour. Somebody shout new. All right. We're coming back to square one. And as you go into this new season, you got to come back to the drawing board for your journey ahead. Not only are we back at square one, but this new journey, it looks a little familiar to us as if we have been here before or we've seen ourselves in these situations or as if we've been in this predicament before. Because truth be told, this is not the first time that you got a new job. I don't know who this is for. Maybe this is not the first time that you just made a new connection. This is not the first time that you tried out a new church. This is not the first time you've been heartbroken. This is not the first time that you got a job opportunity. This is not the first time that you started a new school year. This is not the first time that you got a new house. This is not the first time that you've been in this place. Am I making sense? That just as Jesus and his disciples found themselves in the same predicament, but a different setting, you find yourself in a new, the same predicament, but a different setting. Yeah. And the word of the Lord unto us as we come into this new season of new beginnings is not a, a new revelation. But is a reminder that God is going to do it again. Yeah. This, is, this is what you have to hold on to when you go into your next, your next season. God is going to do it again. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor. God is going to do it again. Come on, now this time, put your preacher voice on and say, neighbor, God is going to do it again. The disciples, in chapter 8, they were wondering how they were going to feed the crowd this time. They were like, Lord, they done came all this way again, and we don't know how we're going to feed them. But they just needed to realize that the same God, the same God that Jesus was in chapter 6 is the same God that he is in chapter 8. The same God that he, same thing he did in chapter 6, he's still able to do in chapter 8. That the same thing God Jesus did last time, Jesus is able to do it again when? When? This time, so sometimes we're wondering, God, what are you going to do and make out of my life this time? God, what are you going to make out of my job this time? God, what are you going to do in this school year? God, what are you going to do in this new area? And God is telling us, I'm going to do it again. The same thing that the same way I brought you out last time, guess what? I'm going to bring you out again. The same way that I healed your body last time, guess what? I'm going to heal you again. The same way that I open doors for you when that no man can close. The same thing I did last time, I'm going to do it again. And so you may be wondering, God, what's next in my life? God, what's what's going to happen in this next season? Hallelujah. The same way, let me prophesy to somebody. The same way that he paid your bill for school, he's going to do it again. And I dare you to shout hallelujah. We may be at a new point in life with a familiar predicament. But we have to remind ourselves that God has the same power. That although this is a new season, although this is a new space, God has the what? Same power. That if he did it before, I know he can do it again. If he did it before, I know he can do it again. Because he's the same God right now, As he was a God back then. So God is able to save your soul again. He's able to set you on fire again. Somebody here, you may feel as if you have lost your fire in your walk with God. I I know you have found your way here on purpose. Amen. You have lost your, your, uh, your fire for God, and God is able to set you on fire again. God is able to bring you out again some hallelujah I, I feel I, I hear you Holy ghost somebody here you feel like you've been slipping back into that old mental illness that you felt like you've been delivered from but God is telling you today I'm able to be a mind regulator for you again hallelujah somebody you in this new season and you have worries and anxieties about what's next God says no don't even worry about what tomorrow has to come because I already have tomorrow in my hands hallelujah God says I'm already there before before you even get there the good thing I like about God is before there was my problem God already had a solution before 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 I thought what was the issue God already had a solution to it and so what happens is I just have to have faith that God has already worked it out they say, why are you trying to figure it out guess what God done already worked it out so you got to have faith that the same thing God did last season The same thing God did last year, the same thing God did at your last job, he's going to do it again and he's going to do it better. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. I know you may not be where you want to be in life. I know you might not be where you want to be, but let me tell you this. You are exactly where God needs you to be. I know you may be like, Lord, if, if this would have happened, God, if this would have worked, God, if this would have happened, I wouldn't even have to do this, God. I wouldn't even be worried about this. You might not be where you want to be, but let me tell you, you are exactly where God needs you to be, to show you that he is God. You are exactly where you need to be, not so that you can uh, make, be successful, just be successful. No, you are exactly what God needs you to be so that he can show you that I got it all in control. Am I making sense to y'all this morning? All right, I'm moving on, I'm moving on. He's, God just wants to see if you would trust him until he do it again. God wants to see if you would trust him to do it again like he did the last time. So until God do it, I need you to trust him. Somebody shout, trust him. All right. If we're going to be honest with ourselves this morning, let me slow down. Many of us can relate to the crowd in our text. Many of us in the room today have come a long way to get to this point. (laughs) Yeah. Look, I know I know you, you're here today, you look good. I know you put, you, you, you' dressed up for church, but to be told, you come a long way to just be sitting in this room. People see where you are, but they don't see what you're going through to get to this place. People see God blessing you publicly, but they don't see the struggle that you had to go through privately. And truth be told, if we were to look back over our lives and see how far God has already brought us, we will be able to say that he's brought us from what? A mighty long way. Because truth be told, the crowd in our text, they didn't come just from down the road to come hear Jesus preach. But they literally had to go miles. They walked miles. They walked through the hills. They walked through the valleys. They walked through when it was raining. They, they made their way. They had to press their way just to hear Jesus preach. And Jupiter told people don't see the struggles you press your way through. People, people see, people see you graduating, but they don't see all the times that you had to cry. Amen. People see you going back to school, but they don't see, they don't see that bill that has to come in. People see you going to a new job, but they don't see the all of the hell that you've been through. People see you smiling, but they don't see all of the times that you had to drink tears for water. People see all of the good things, but they don't see what you had to press way, press your way through. People see the glory. Y'all know, y'all know this, this, the quote. People see the glory, but they don't know the what? Story. And what I love about Jesus is that he did not allow this crowd to come all of this way and to leave them at this point. He did not, he did not allow this crowd to come all of this way, hallelujah, and to let them down. And I just need to encourage somebody, I don't know who it is, but God did not bring you this far in your life. He did not bring you this far in your career. He did not bring you this far in your your school year. He did not bring you this far in everything to let you down. God did not bring you this far to let you down, but God did not bless you up until this point to stop blessing you now. Hallelujah. But because you have pushed your way through the storms and the rain because you have been faithful to him even when nobody else was watching God will make sure that he take care of you in this season just as he did with the crowd in our text and so with the crowd in our text you know what Jesus did he did it again I need need you to work that look to your neighbor and say neighbor God is going to do it again give God praise right there I'm moving on. Um, When God does it for you in this season, he does it three ways. Number one, he will max out your mindset. He's going to max out your mindset. Your mindset is your perspective, your approach into a situation. Watch this. The multitude's minds in our text was simply on getting a message from Jesus. They come to hear Jesus preach. But at this moment, Jesus's mind was on getting them a meal for their journeys back home. The crowd, watch this, they came with one thing on their minds, but Jesus had another that he wanted to do in their lives. And I believe that we are in a season where we will come into certain settings expecting to do one thing, But God will implement his ultimate plan to do more in that setting than we are aware of. We come into something thinking that one assignment from God is only meant to serve one purpose. However, God is actually trying to use whatever it is as an avenue to lead us to elevation, to lead us to expansion, and to lead us to an encounter with him. We come into something with one thing on our minds, but God has a plan to do something, to do whatever that is and more. Somebody say and more. You come into a certain place, you come to a new job just to get you a paycheck and to move on. God says, no, I come to elevate you. You come into a a certain season thinking that, okay, God, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to go. God, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to stay in my own zone. But God says, no, I want to expand you a little bit more. So what God is going to do in this season is expand your mindset. Am I making sense to y'all this morning? you think, thinking, okay, God, I'm just going go to I'm just gonna go get this job. God, my life is going to go this way. God says, look, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. Your plans are not my plans. So I got something greater than what you have in mind. And so as you come into this new season, you have to be open for the new things that God wants to do in your life. Am I making sense? All right. The crowd's. They did not hear Jesus talking to the, watch this, the crowds, this blessed me. The crowds, they did not hear Jesus talking to the disciples. When they were hungry, they didn't hear the disciples go to Jesus and be like, Jesus, what we're going to do? The crowds didn't hear Jesus talking. They simply just ate the meal that he gave them. This is about to bless you. This blessed me. Watch this. Write this down. God's silence, God's silence to us does not equate to inactivity. Just because God, just because you don't hear God, just because you don't see God, just because you don't feel God, doesn't mean that he is not working in your life. The crowd, they didn't hear Jesus talking to the disciples about how they're about to eat. They just simply ate. And just because you don't feel God, Just because you don't see God, just because you didn't get the word that you feel like you need from God, doesn't mean that God is not working in your life. But while, hallelujah, while the crowd was hungry, God was talking to the right people. While the crowd was wondering what's going to happen, God was working on the right people. And let me tell you this. While you're trying to figure it out, God already got to work. God is talking to the right people that's going to catapult you into your future. That's going to catapult you to the place that He wants you to be. God is doing something behind the scenes. I know it's not open for you to see, but He's doing it what? Behind the scenes. To work things out and to organize things for where He wants to take you in this new season of your life. And in the right time, somebody say, in the right time. Okay, this time said for, to wake somebody up in the right time. God is going to reveal to you why you had to go through what you had to go through. You may be wondering, God, why I'm not feeling you, God, why I'm not hearing you, God. Okay, God, what's going on in the right time? God is going to show you why you had to go through what you had to go through. God is going to show you why you had to wait. Hallelujah. God is going to show you why you had to go through that storm and the rain. God had to show, is going to show you what all of that and the purpose of all of that was. God wants to, wants to see that even when you can't trace him, can you trust him? God even when I don't feel it can I still trust you? Can I still believe and tell myself that you're still able and that you're still going to do it? Even when you can't trace him, you have to trust him. Yes, yes. So, in this new season, we cannot limit God by our expectations. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are going to have to be open-minded to what the Spirit of the Lord wants to do in our lives. Yes, sir. You have to be open when you go when you go back to school, you got to be open to what God wants to do this year. When you go back to your job on Monday, tomorrow, tomorrow, you got to be open to what God wants to do, because he might not want to. He may. Yes, I know you come to do your job and your duty, but maybe God wants to do a little bit more. And the Bible says first Thessalonians five and 19. It says quench not the Holy Spirit. Right? So don't quench the spirit in your life. If you feel God pressing and pulling and tugging on you to do something and, 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 and you, you're like, God, that's not, y'all know how we'd be like, that's not my job. I don't get paid for that. I know, I know we'd be like that. But if God is putting on, tugging on your heart to do something, to bless somebody, to give somebody encouraging word, to serve in this other way, to apply for this other place, then you guess what? You do it. There are additional purposes to the things that we are embarking on in this season beyond what you may originally be thinking about as you're coming into it. So be open-minded to what God wants to do in your life. Am I making sense? Am I helping y'all this morning? All right, let me move on. Not only would Jesus max out your mindset, number two, he's going to major in your minors. Major in your minors. Watch this. When it came down to feeding the multitudes, The disciples only had seven fish, seven loaves of bread and a few fish. They only had 4,000 folk. And you, Jesus, you talking about having fish fry for 4,000 folks. And we only got seven loaves of bread and a few fish. We ain't got no spaghetti, ain't got no coleslaw. We ain't got y'all know we don't we don't buy the we don't buy the fancy dream. We got no Dr. Pop, Dr. K, no Dr. Thunder, no Mountain Lightning, Jesus. Lord, it's 4,000 folks out here. He's somebody having a fish fry. Yes, with seven loaves of bread. You can't even you can't even make no fish sandwich with all of that. And sometimes we feel like What we have is minor to God. You feel like what you have is is little, is low in standards, is low in quality, is low in quantity. God, I don't have that much. God, you don't have that much power. God, I don't have that much potential. God, you feel like what you got is really ain't nothing. God, this job that I got, it really ain't nothing. This house I got, it's nice, but it really ain't nothing. This car I got, it's nice, but it ain't nothing. But those little things are getting ready to bring forth a larger blessing in your life that was your place to receive it the little things that you feel like are nothing good God from Zion is getting ready to bring a greater blessing in your life the Bible says despise not small beginnings don't overlook the small things in your life because God will use those small things to bring a major blessing in your life I know that it may not seem much to you in this season I know that what you're doing and what's going on it may not seem major to you but it is all that God needs to do what he wants to do in your life. You have everything in your hands that God wants to, for you to do in your life in this season. The number 7, he gave him 7 loaves. The number 7 represents the number of completion and perfection. God created the universe in how many days? 7 days. Jesus told his Disciples to forgive their brothers 70 times, seven times. And in our text, Jesus Jesus uses seven loaves to feed 4,000 people. And the message is this, that what we have is perfect enough for what God wants to do in our life. What you got in your hands is perfect enough for what God wants to do in your life, but you just have to give it to him. In your hands, it don't seem like much, but in your but in God's hands, it's worth it's everything that you need. I heard, thank you, Holy Ghost. You could take a basketball, right, and you put a basketball in my hands. and me. you know, I know I'm cold and all. I know I can cross up people, but a basketball in my hand is not worth too much. Maybe five dollars, ten dollars, fifteen dollars. You know, when I when the, when the Lord bless me, get places, it may be worth a little bit more. But if you take that same basketball. And put it in the hands of maybe Michael Jordan or LeBron James or or, or Kobe Bryant or somebody else is worth more because it's whose hands is it in. Am I making sense? So your situation in your hands, you may feel like, look, God, I can't do nothing with it. God, it, it, it won't ever be nothing. This job won't ever be nothing. But if you would put it in the hands of Jesus... God will use it. He will multiply it. He will bless it. He will favor it. He will take you places you never thought you would go. Why? Because you took it out of your hands and put it in his hands. You may feel like, God, my potential, I don't got that much time God. I don't got that much anointing in your hands. Yes, you don't got that much. That's why you got to put it in whose hands? Jesus' hands. So, I know it seemed like it ain't nothing to you, but you need to put it in Jesus' hand. The multitude, they needed strength through the food for their journey ahead of them for their way back home. So um, um, I learned this, that Jesus wasn't feeding the multitude for fun. This wasn't just uh, um, family reunion. This wasn't just whatever it was. But he was feeding, watch this, the multitude for their future. He was giving them food for where they're getting ready to go. The minor things in your life that you overlook is actually God's investment for your future. The things that you've like, God, this ain't nothing. Those are your investments for where God is getting ready to take you in this next season. In the future, God is going to bring us to a place well we, would not, well, we would need what he had to offer us in this season. Well, it would help us carry out and complete another assignment. Let me tell you this. God is intentional in what he's doing in your life. You may be like, God, what's the purpose? God is intentional in doing what he's doing in your life. He isn't just setting you and sending us through certain things for no reason. No. However, what he wants and what he's going to do through us in this next season is going to be contingent on how we respond and steward what he's teaching us in this season. What God is going to do through us in this next season is going to be contingent on how you learn your lesson in this season, how you grew in this season, how your faith and your commitment to God grew in this season because who knows what's next for us in this next season. So this season... Is meant to condition us for what God wants to complete in us in the next season. That God is preparing you for something that you have never seen before. And the process is preparation for your next assignment. Am I making sense? I'm moving on. Somebody said, Kylan, you've been up there for a long time. So, the last thing that Jesus is going to do is multiply for your multitudes. This blessed me. The Bible says... That Jesus, watch this, took the seven loaves, he gave thanks, and he broke them to the multitudes. Watch this. He took the seven loaves, he gave thanks, and then he broke them for the multitudes. Pay attention to, if you, let's go back to English class. Pay attention to the uh, the tense, the, the verb tense, past tense. And it indicates one time. He what? Took the seven loaves back in the day. He took it. He gave things back in the day. He broke them. That means back in the day, right? So, as we look at it, it looks like this is in this past tense. The Bible says that Jesus took, gave things, and broke which specify an action in a moment in the past. However, watch this. When you go back and you look at the Greek in in its original language, it's actually in the imperfect tense, which is is showing that it is a continuing action. So this means that it just was a, a one time experience in the past, but Jesus kept doing it again and again and again and again and again in the presence. So when it says it took, he took the loaves, meaning he was taking the loaves. That As they were given the loaves, the loaves were multiplying. As it says, and he gave things, he was continually giving things, giving things and giving things and giving things. When it says he broke them for the multitudes, he was breaking the bread, breaking the bread and breaking the bread. He was doing it over and over and over and over and over again. So watch this. By this, we can conclude that the miracle of multiplication was a continuing process that took place. And because of this, when the disciples were feeding the multitudes, their baskets never went empty. And I believe that we are coming into a season where our baskets will never run empty in the blessings of God. Oh, that was a place to praise him. I believe that we are coming into a season where your baskets, your basket of joy, your basket of resources, your basket of understanding, your basket of opportunity would never be empty but of the blessings of God. That just as God continued to fill the baskets for the disciples, he's going to continue to bless bless you and bless you and bless you and bless you in this season. He won't just seem to do it one time, but he's going to keep doing it over and over and over again. The songwriter says, every time I turn around, every time I turn around, the Lord keeps sitting blessings my way. And every time you turn around, God is going to be sitting and blessings your way. The psalmist said, my cup, what? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And the psalmist says, My cup, what? Run is over. Somebody shout overflow. I really believe it. We're coming to a season of overflow. The reason why my cup is running over in this season is because God keeps blessing me beyond my capacity. The reason why I'm living in my overflow is because God keeps blessing me beyond my capacity. The reason why I, 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 I'm the lender and not the borrower is because God keeps blessing me beyond my capacity. The reason why I'm above and not beneath is because God continues to bless me beyond my capacity. The reason why I am where I am today, good God from Zion. Somebody was talking to me Ka, about me about me earlier and they said, Callie, you always talk about you being a country boy. Yeah. The reason why. I God, this country boy can stand in this pulpit and declare God's word is to you. It's because God kept blessing me time and time and time again. Hallelujah. That I am where I am today because God continues to give it to me. He continues to do it for me time and time again. Thank you baby for the amen. The Bible says that after Jesus finished multiplying the food that the multitudes were Field. Somebody say field. They were filled and had seven baskets left. The people ended with what more than what they started off with. Let me say that again. The people ended with more than what they started out with. Let that prophesy to somebody. The people ended with more than what they started out with. And I've come to learn that when we submit to God whatever we have, we will end up with more than what we begin with. We're going to come out of this next season with more than we ever thought we would ever have. Hallelujah. Last time, the disciple used the little boy's lunch. Watch this. Y'all know when he was feeding the 5,000, they said they took the little boy's lunch, right? The two fish and the five loaves of bread was a, belonged to a little lad. But this time, to feed the 4,000, Jesus asked the disciples, what do y'all have to feed them? And I just really believe that God is looking to see what you have to give him. And as you give him what you have, God is going to bless you beyond measure. As you be willing and available to do whatever, God, God whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do it. God, whatever you, wherever you want me to go, God, whatever you want me to say, God, how, however you want me to commit myself in this new season, guess what God is going to do? He's going to bless you for that. God in this season is looking for three things. Number one, sacrifice. God, what am going to give up so that I can get you what you need? God is looking for you to serve. God, what can I do to be a blessing to the people around me? God, what can I do to be a blessing to the people around me? We talked about that in the Sunday school. And then God is looking for you to submit. God, I didn't plan on doing this. God, I didn't plan on going this way. But as you yield to what God is doing in your life, guess what he's going to do? He's going to multiply what you thought was little to you and allow it to be everything that you ever needed. Amen? Amen, praise God. Give God praise right there if you believe that. Look to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, God is going to do it again. Oh, this time prophesy to him, say, Neighbor, God is going to do it again. So I'm getting ready to go, and i like to tell somebody that God can do it for you too. God can do it for you too. The songwriter said, ain't no secret. What God can do, what he's done for others, he'll do the same thing for you. The same thing that God did for the 4,000 in our text, he can do it for you in your life. The same thing that God did and he multiplied and he gave them more than enough, guess what he can do? He can do it in your life. I really believe that if he can do it for the children of Israel, when they were standing at the Red Sea not knowing how they were going to make it, how they were going to get through it, guess what? God can do it again in your life. That he can make a way out of no way. If he can do it for the three Hebrew boys when they were thrown into a fiery furnace, I really believe that God can do it for you. That every time you find yourself in a hot situation, hallelujah, God is able to bring you out. Hallelujah. If the Lord can do it for Mary and allow her to bring bring forth a savior of the world. And the savior, he walked God's green earth sharing the word of God performing miracle signs and wonders bringing the kingdom of God to this earth and then one day the Bible says that they took Jesus and they put a cross on his shoulders right? and the Bible says that he carried that cross through the town carried through the cross through the town after being beaten, after being whipped after being bruised, after being spit on cause Lord knows we don't like to be spit on after doing all of these things they still put a cross on his shoulder And they say, Jesus, you better carry this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it seems like sometimes the devil wants to put your own grave on your shoulder and say, you got to go through this. But what the devil didn't know that Jesus had already said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to you, to me. And so guess what? Watch this. So what they didn't know is that Jesus was carrying his promise. What looks like you carrying your problem? Hallelujah. You really carrying your promise. You really carrying what God wants to do to elevate you to a new place, because Jesus he went he carried that cross. He made his way to Golgotha hill, and the Bible says that Jesus hung on that cross from the sixth to the ninth hour. From the sixth to the ninth hour, and at the ninth hour, he died for our sins, and he died. The Bible says till the sun refused to shine. He died until the moon ran down in blood. He died unto the centurion soldier said surely this must be the son of God. He died to the whole world was covered in darkness. And the Bible says that there was an earthquake. There was a shaking when Jesus died. And after he died, they took him off the cross, placed him in a borrowed tomb, and he stayed there for three days. But early on this Sunday morning, guess what? He got up with all power in the palm of his hand. And I really believe that if God can do it for Jesus, get him up out of the grave, get him up out of dead situations, then sure enough, God can do it for you. The Bible says that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave is living where? On the inside of you. That same spirit is calling you out. That same spirit is doing something new in your life. That same spirit is pulling and tugging you to something new in God. But you got to respond to him. You got to yield to him. You have to submit to him. Give God glory in his house. Father God, I thank you now for this day. God, thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. Father, I pray that our faith has increased to trust that you will do it again. That God, as you bring us into a new season, God, as you bring us into a new place and space, we are trusting you to show yourself mighty in our lives, God. That we are trusting that you will show yourself mighty in our problems, in our jobs, in our homes, God, in our schools. We are trusting that you will show yourself mighty in our our lives. And God, we are trusting you to, to be who you are. God, we're trusting that you will heal our bodies again. Father, bring us bring us out again. Save our souls again. God, deliver us again. Father, do it for us as you have done before. Father, for you are the God that does not change. But you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And, Father, help us to continue to see your goodness in the land of the living. And, Father, until you do it again, we will continue to praise your name. God, we will continue to lift you up higher and higher. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen.